Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to the It's All Cobblers to Me preview show. I'm Charles Commons and joining me to look forward to Saturday's game between Northampton Town and Mansfield Town is Stags fan and host of the Mansfield Matters podcast. It's, uh, yes, once again, a big welcome to Craig Priest. How are you, Craig? I'm all right, mate. Are you sure that you don't want to find some new guests? It's, I seem like I'm on here every week. <laughs> well, you know... Some, you know there some... are more Mansfield fans than me, right? Lies. <laughs> Lies. <laughs> all right, there's four. There's four. Yeah, exactly. They all do your podcast. Look, we're not going to talk about fans and the amount of because after the last game and the uh, the hounding that we got on Twitter from one particular <laughs> nameless person, um, <laughs> ridiculousness, because apparently, well, not apparently, we just don't like going to Field Mill. I'm sorry, but we just don't like it. So that's as much as we're going to talk about in that respect. <laughs> it's at Sixfields this Saturday, three o'clock. Um, the Cobblers are obviously looking to uh, bounce back after two defeats in a row in the Northwest. So hopefully we can uh, stop the rot. Not that it's a rot, of course. Um, but it has only been a few weeks since we last met, Craig. Um, the one-all draw at Phil Mill on Boxing Day. Um, first of all, what, what did you make of that game? Again, Sort of typical Mansfield, really. You know, we do well for a certain period of time and then switch off and, and make mistakes. Nigel Clough said we played well. I can't remember us playing well, but he's been saying that a lot lately. Um, me and Nigel Clough at the minute, I'm I'm really starting to ebb down that side of being frustrated with what he says. So I tend to sw- switch off. Classic sort of Boxing Day, one all, probably about fear. We'd have taken it before the game, but... Again, it's one of those where we probably should have come away with all three points and left a little bit of a disappointed taste. I think there's a lot more optimism for this weekend, but we'll we'll see what happens. But uh, we didn't lose, so that's, you know, nobody wants to lose at Christmas. It's the season of goodwill and all that, isn't it? So we'll say it was our Christmas present to you and it was your Christmas present to us. Oh, isn't that nice? It's like like we actually like each other when 
we all know that the only decent relationship between these two clubs is the one between our two podcasts. And that's it. (laughs) (laughs) And that is saying something, isn't it? (laughs) Isn't it just? Isn't it just? Uh, Well, look, I remember before that game when we were talking and doing the preview show for then, you you were just about as negative as you've just been. <laughs> I've got worse, mate. If anything else, I've got worse. So, strap in. Oh, dear. Here we go. I mean, but you're ninth in the table, right? You're in that mix. I don't know how you're, you, you've you been sort of looking at, at the league table in recent weeks, but there seems to be basically below us, any every team between fourth and I think 14th or maybe even 15th now, there's a, a very small points gap and they're they're all those ten or eleven teams, they're all vying for those four playoff positions and obviously the ones, you know, above that, i.e. us trying to get us knocked out of the autos uh, again. Um but all of those positions just keep changing. It's it's like a big game of snakes and ladders. Every single yeah. week, one side climbs a ladder while the other one falls down a snake. And that's basically, I mean, I know that there are other teams that have done it a little bit more recently, Salford for for one, uh, Bradford another, but you've been doing it as well. So is it just a lack of consistency and that's what's frustrating you? I think so. I mean, it, it is so tight. When you look at it objectively and you take off your amber-tinted spectacles or whatever the phrase you want to coin, it is so tight. It is an open league. And that's great for League Two because it means, you know, that every single weekend you've got something to look forward to, these twists in the tails. But again, I can't get past that thing of judging our standards this season on our success last time round. And since we've played you on Boxing Day, we've got no better. Um, we've had some improved performances. Um We've changed system a little bit and that seems to have worked, but we've made the same old mistakes. And I think since the transfer window's open, we've been left a little bit bemused and bewildered as to some of the business and and dealings that we've done. And I still maintain the same thing as what I did in the preview show before Boxing Day. And that is that if Mansfield Town continue to perform in the way that they have been doing over the last three, four months or so, we won't be up there at the end of the season. We'll be in League Two again next year. We won't finish in, in the playoffs. And, you know, realistically, that's that's a step backwards. We should be where you guys are. You know, we should be pushing for that top three sh- slot. We should be one of those teams fighting among, amongst there. We made, that's the progress we wanted to make in the summer. And we've simply not done it. I don't personally think that that's good enough for the for the amount of money we've invested over the the years and the progress that Nigel Clough has, has has tried to install. And it's like I, I don't know whether it's a frustration thing because we we're not up there or whether I'm just being overly critical. I don't, I don't know what it is, but there's certainly a rumbling in the air at the moment in in Mansfield that things aren't quite right. There's been a bit of a U-turn this week with some of the transfer dealings that we've made, but again. It takes time and there's a lot of red flags which we've been ranting about lately on the podcast. And at this point in time, if you were to ask me to nail my colours to the mass, will Mansfield Town get promoted automatically? No. Will we reach the playoffs? No. It will take something special to click to life. And I just don't see it within this squad. I just don't see it at all. I, it, it does sound 
there's similarities almost between your thinking and my thinking, albeit, you know, at different places in the table. Mm. So I'm feeling quite worried. I, I keep using the word jittery uh, whenever I'm recording a podcast at the moment, whether it's it's or covers to me or anything else for that matter, <laughs> it seems at the <laughs> moment. But it, it does feel a lot like we're in a position of jeopardy. Uh, we've got, you know, all of those teams, as I've mentioned before, um, chasing us and trying to close that. And, and, you know, Carlisle are doing a very good job at the moment of closing the gap that we had um, just after we played you. Um, you guys went on from that one-all draw on Boxing Day. You then went away to Hartlepool and you won 2-1. Now, the one thing I'll say is that that is Hartlepool, who obviously are at the very wrong end mm. of the table. So you would, I imagine, have expected to pick up three points in that game. Um, then you lose to Walsall, 2-1. Away from home, Walsall have, you know, they've, they've, they've beaten us, you know, over the last couple of seasons. They're a team that, again, I've gone to and thought we should win here, and we haven't. Um, nice ding-dong against Barrow at home two weeks ago, or just over a week ago. <sighs> Um, yeah, <laughs> at least Barrow are up there. Uh, but then you get a one-all draw against Crew. George Maris gets sent off after he scored, just for fun, I presume. Uh, it even going through that, it doesn't feel like the kind of results that you you need or would expect as a Mansfield fan. No, I, I think the thing is when you strip that back as well you know, Hartlepool away, all right, we come away with the result. And like you say, it's a game which we should be coming away with a win. The true fact of the matter is we could have very easily lost that game and we should have played a lot better and we should have finished and given ourselves a lot stronger um, footings to go on from that. The The Warsaw game, again, we, we start with a really good 11 and we think, right, if we play 4-3-3, with Oates and Swan playing off Hawkins, we'll play really, really well and we'll turn these into the ground. But Clough starts negative and he starts with a back he starts with a back five and we allow Warsaw to come on us and we we do struggle to to get anything and the result is is what it is and I'm not surprised by it. In fact I walked away I said and I turned to the people that I was sat with at the game and went if we start with five at the back, we'll lose this, and and we did. The Barrow game—that's uh, an absolute. Clo- I still can't work out what went through Nigel Clough's head. We did exactly this, the opposite of what we did at War. So we started with a, a four-three-three, really, really well. Hawkins up front plays brilliantly. We're looking attacking. We're looking the best we've looked all season. We give a sloppy goal away before half-time and all right, that gives them a little bit of a a boost. They come out firing second half and we don't respond to the fact that we knew they'd come out firing. It's 2-2. Nigel Clough then throws on Jordan Bowery and puts Ollie Hawkins at the back and we go to a back five again. We're all over the place. We concede a goal. He then puts Hawkins back up front, puts Bowery at centre-half. Then he ends up playing Bowery wing-back. He absolutely lost the plot. And he just, he tried everything. It was like going to a charity shop, getting a jigsaw and having the wrong pieces for the jigsaw. And it just did not fit. 
And we're just sitting there with our head in our hands thinking he's absolutely lost it. And we just couldn't believe it. And we just, and then, of course, what happens is we, we're sitting there on the podcast and we're saying, great, he's starting to now buy into this back four and a, a front three with, with Hawkins up top. What's he do then? Sells him to Gillingham. And we, all we're saying is all we need to do is bring in a solid centre-half and that'll allow him to go and play up front and we'll be more free. But we didn't bring a centre-half in until he'd gone. It's, it's just, I still can't get my head around it. Performance-wise, it's not been there. Again, the crew game, we, we played relatively well. Mary scores a good goal. It wasn't a sending-off by any stretch of the imagination, but we won't appeal it. It's only a one-game ban. It is what it is. But again, he tinkers too much and we get unpicked from it. And I just cannot see, if he's not settled on a formation and a way of playing after, what, uh, 26 games of the season, when is he going to settle? And and that is a big, big worry. And then the more concerning things for me are the stu- is the stuff that's happening off the pitch. It, who knows? I may be eating humble pie in three or four weeks' time because we might have we might actually find the right pieces for the jigsaw. We might manage to, you know, get the pieces to fit and, and get the right picture. But I just don't see it. And there are so many concerning factors, especially um, with the Danny Johnson situation, which hmm. are just ringing alarm bells for me. And I just I can't work it out. I'm tired of doing it. I'm 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 sick and of doing it. I'm sick of having the same arguments <laughs> week after week. I'm just like, okay. I'm just like, are we done now? Have I, wo- have I woken up? Well, can we wake <laughs> up and go back to the start of the season? It's like football manager. You know when you start losing a few games and you get that bad run. Quick mm. game, go back to an old save and pick it up from a, a point before. That's what I want to do right now. Not, not that I would ever do that. No, uh, nobody would. Well, nobody would ever do that. No, no one. Everyone plays football manager properly. Um, yeah, of course. It okay, is. You, you've mentioned it. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the transfer window and what's been going on. Um, Ollie Hawkins and George Lapsley both leave for Gillingham. Um, I, I'm going to say, be completely honest here. Danny wrote this question. Uh, Danny's not here. He's he's not feeling very well. Um, you can ah uh, if you'd like to at home. Um, he's asking, was that a bit of a surprise? But I just want to sort of go in there and go, it was a surprise for me. But I'm going to go and say that I presume Gillingham came and threw a load of money that just couldn't be turned down. And that's yeah. the reason why they've gone. So let's deal with them as individual transfers rather than as one, because... One makes sense in some... I can justify one, but not the other. Okay. So let's start with Ollie Hawkins. Like I said before, you know, we knew that he, we need, needed to play him up front and Clough had done it over the last couple of games. He was captain in the absence of uh, Ollie Clark, who's been out injured, and he's a real key figure in and around the dressing room. But Nigel Clough has this mindset around Ollie Hawkins that he cannot see him as anything other than the central defender. And for whatever reason you know, just refuses to play him up front. Like I say, we play him up front against against Barrow, does really well, scores, um, I think, and, you know, has a really good positive game and then gets sold. Now, from a business perspective, he was out of contract at the end of the season and at 30 years old, this is one of the red flags, which I can delve into later. The statement when we sold him said that 
we as a club are looking to go in a direction of younger players, that can't come from that can't have come from Nigel Clough because historically Clough goes with an experienced squad. And it was one of the first things he said when he came in and took the Mansfield job that I want to add experience. So the red flag is where is that directive coming from? And also what is the cutoff point? Back to Wally Hawkins. So he goes out the door. Now, as I say, he's got six months left on his contract. He's got a young family. He's living up in Mansfield and he's settled. He loves the club. Um, and he he was in talks to sign a new deal. But from a financial point of view, at 30 years old, if a club's going to come in and effectively double your wage, and he was on good money at Mansfield, you cannot turn that down, especially in the lifespan of a footballer, because he's probably got, if if age is kind to him, another maybe three, four seasons left. So at 30 years old, at the back end of your career, you are going to want a payday. And that is absolutely fine. It's in an area where he's got more of his family. It makes sense. And from us as a business, as a club, we've got money for him. And we've, you know, probably got a little bit more money than what we would if we just put him on the transfer market. Because Gillingham, without sounding disrespectful to them, are a little bit desperate at the moment. They're they're putting extra zeros on the checkbook because they need to survive. And that's their way they're attacking it. And that's fine. So we can quantify that. And, and that's all right. The Lapsley deal. That is money, 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 money. That is all that is about. George Lapsley as a footballer has got the talent, um, the, the creativity, whatever you want to describe it as, to play a league higher, league one. If not, knocking on the door of some championship teams. He is that good on his day. Why on earth he's chosen to go to Gillingham for anything other than a payday is beyond me because that is a sidestep. That, in fact, Again, without being disrespectful to Gillian, because they are a big club and they've got ambitions to progress. But at the stage they are at now, compared to where Mansfield are and have been last season, that is a sideways, if not backwards, step. But again, as I understand it, the deal that Gillingham put on the table was for both Hawkins and for Lapsley. So one wouldn't have happened without the other or the money would have been significantly reduced. So again, business perspective makes sense as Lapsley again was out of contract in the summer and is looking to further himself. His agent had turned down a couple of deals here. Lapsley wanted to stay. But as we know, it's not down to a player nowadays whether or not they stay. It's down to the money grabbing percentage taking agents. And that is clearly what has happened here. Laps as you know on his social media and Hawks as well a little bit as done thank you posts to, to Mansfield and been very, very complimentary about um, their time at the club. And we wish them well. It makes sense for Hawkins, but for Lapsley, it doesn't other than uh, a payday. And it's it's just, it leaves, I wouldn't say a bitter taste, a little bit of a, a sour taste and a little bit of one of bemusement. But would I rather, when I take a step back and look at the bigger picture, would I rather get a nice big check from Gillingham in January, with six months left on their contract, and wish them well? Or would I rather be sat in front of this camera in six months' time at the end of the season, spitting feathers because we've released them and someone signed them on a free payday every single day of the week? It's just frustrating from a Mansfield point of view that we've not... The Hawkins one on its own would be fine, but the fact that we've not gone that little extra step to try and keep Lapsley because, in my opinion... In 
six months' time or a year's time, this time next year, he'd be more valuable to us, especially mm. if we got promoted this season. We've lost one of our top three players in him. We've signed Louis Reed from Swindon, who seems a, a good replacement on paper. But it's the wrong time for me to be signing players and trying to build again. And that's what Mansfield's transfer business is at the moment. We're trying to rebuild in the middle of a season. And that, for me, is another reason why I go back to the start of the show when I said that Mansfield Town will not get promoted this season because it won't work trying to bed in a new squad, a new style, whilst you're in the middle of renovating. It's like trying. To, it's like knocking down a house or building an extension and halfway through it going, actually, no, I want, I want double doors, not, uh, mm-hmm. not windows. Yeah. You, you can't change the plans at that point. That's what yeah. I'm trying to say. Long-winded, yeah. but you know what I mean. Oh, no, I know exactly what you mean. It, it's, it's interesting because we're looking at it, Cobblers fans, uh, the transfer window. We're looking at things right now and going, we need to add quality mm. um on the pod we've been talking an awful lot about uh 2015-16 the wilder championship season uh mm. and how he added quality during the january transfer window that essentially ensured us promotion and the title yeah um at the moment you know we've made one signing this transfer window and that was a you know a, a, a had to be done because of lee burge getting injured so in has come tom king um, to be our goalkeeper for, I presume, the foreseeable. Uh, we don't know how long Burge is out for. Um, I wonder how Johnny Maxted's feeling about that. Poor lad well, must be like John Joe Tour for us, sat there thinking, <laughs> what have I got to do for a game? Yeah, possibly. Um, I mean, you, you mentioned that, you know, the lads that have come in, they feel more like they're being part of a rebuild rather than mm. that that additional uh, yeah. you know, extra body or extra bit of quality for you. Um Louis Reed, I know a fair bit about through playing football manager. Um, Likewise, <laughs> um, uh, midfielder, quite talented, um, decent ratings on the game at least. Uh, you've also brought in Alfie Kilgore from Bristol Rovers and, and Callum Johnson in from Ross County. Uh, are these all three players? I mean, I'm going to presume it's a yes for Louis Reed after what you've just said. So concentrate on the other two for me, Craig. Are these lads going to be going straight into the side and, and becoming first team players? This is it. I don't think I've got an answer for that because like you there, you know, you were saying we want to add quality. What we we haven't added quality, we've just done like for like, um, almost through necessity. Um Callum Johnson went into the starting lineup on Saturday and played very, very well, got man of the match, um, got a good assist and will come in and will help solidify that um, uh, that right hand side, he can play right wing back, right back, and uh, right side centre half. Um, so he does add that little bit. But I have a bit of a red flag with there as well. He was due to sign for us in the summer, but opted to go up to Scotland. And you're just thinking, why did it not get done in the summer? Why is it taken till now? Alfie Kilgore again. Um, I read the statement from Nigel Clough and listened to the interview. He was going to sign him anyway, regardless of whether Ollie Hawkins was getting sold or not. And it was at that point where I turned my phone off, swore quite loudly and kicked the dog's ball down the other end of the the, the hallway because that's exactly what we wanted. That would be bringing in quality and building on what we've already got. But what it transpired to be was one out, one in. And that's not conducive for trying to build a promotion mm. side. You were saying it there. You 
guys desperately want to add so you can keep that fire burning to maintain that top three space. We've got even more, I think we're in more of a desperate situation than that because we need to desperately add to keep the tracks turning. We need to climb that ladder because we're so far away from it. And the way it's going to go at the moment is, well, we might hit a nice bit of form and we might sneak into the playoffs, but that's not progression. That's... That's just lining us up for more disappointment. It's it's very difficult. I mean, this is the thing. So a lot was made from our point of view at the end of the year 2022 that we'd achieved uh, 83 points over the course of the calendar year. And that was the highest total since, I, I might be wrong in this, but I think it was like 86, 87, which yeah. when we went and won Division 4 uh, at a canter. And don't get me wrong, I'm not dissing that and I'm not trying to put it down. But one of the big things that it showed for me was how consistent we've been from last season to this season, because that is quite unusual in the lower leagues of English football. It is not like the Premier League, League Two, where you have the same teams every year vying for promotion. I I get that that is partly because of the fact you've got promotion and relegation into our league. Um, But... With the Premier League, where it's usually Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea, you know, Arsenal, Man United, those five, maybe, you know, a, a couple of others as well, Tottenham, maybe. Maybe not. Um, <laughs> I, I realised that at that point, I've got a Spurs fan probably turning around to me and going, you're an idiot. Uh, that's fine. But it's not the same. Those sort of five or six teams are always at the top of the table, always trying to win the league or get into, you know, the Champions League spots. Maybe it's because of the promotion thing, but I don't think it is because if you look at the sides that went up last season, you know, Forest Green, that blue and white lot, uh, and whoever else it was, (laughs) I've even completely forgotten who went up in second now, but um, Exeter. Exeter, thank you. But realistically, those, I mean, Forest Green especially, were not a team that were, you know, waiting or trying to get promoted for three, four, five years and narrowly missing out each time. Exeter had a bit of a spell where they were always in the playoffs and they kept losing in the playoffs. But even they then dropped away and had at least a season where they were mid-table. And then all of a sudden they rebuilt to become this, this great, you know, really good footballing side that we had last season in League Two. So for us to be consistent, we're in. Th- we finished last season in third place. We're in third place now. To be that consistent is actually a real positive. And what you've just described in the first sort of twenty odd minutes of this this show of how you were wanting to kick on, and actually, what you know, I'm putting words in in your mouth here, Craig, but you've gone backwards. Mm. not kicking on. I'm quite critical of the Cobblers at the moment. You know, we've won five out of our last 15 games. We're pretty bang average in terms of form. Five, won five, lost five, drawn five in those 15. But in terms of the points total that we've got, it's pretty good. The problem that we've got at the moment is that we seem to have got into a bit of a slump, a bit of a dip of form. And I no one going to regret saying this but it feels like this might be the perfect game for us not necessarily because I, I believe that we'll just go out and win it but I think because of the way that 
you're coming at it from a Mansfield fan perspective, fairly pessimistic. We're coming at it from a Cobblers fan perspective, where I certainly am a bit pessimistic as well, that it might just be the catalyst for one of us at least to do something in this game. And we all know that games between these two clubs are always tight uh, mm. if we forget about that one 4-0 defeat a few <laughs> years back at Phil Mill. <laughs> yeah, they are. And you're absolutely right. You know, there's a lot perhaps riding on, on, on Saturday, really, in terms of how both teams progress. There's still a little bit more time in the window left to, to do a little bus- bit of business. But... Uh, for both sides, but time is is running out, and I think if Mansfield don't win it, I, I really think they're going to struggle to to get motivated and to try and find their groove. I think you guys definitely need that little bit of a boost to sort of t- put that tick box in your own mind that you can stay in that position and that you can maintain it. There is a there is a lot on it, and it's it, it is it's such an interesting way to look at it because. I look at it from a Mansfield perspective about what I've been saying about us taking a step backwards and not maintaining where we are. That's grown out of frustration of the the raising expect, in expectancy from the fans and that thing of always wanting to progress and, and go one better. I think yours comes a little bit from fear. The fear mm. of missing out again, the fear of being hurt because you're always in and around it. But you're, it's like that old saying, isn't it? Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. And I, I do think that there's those two factors, that fear factor of missing out and falling short and that fear factor of one step forward, two steps back could hinder this game. And I think both sets of supporters with a positive result for their side will take a lot from it. But I think what it does actually say is, Get your money on a nil-nil draw. <laughs> yeah, <it probably laughs> and we'll be in the does. same position. Um, I, I, in a moment, we're going to talk quickly about the actual game itself and, and expectations and things. Um, but I, I, I'm normally Mansfield bring uh, a really big crowd down to Sixfields. Normally, do yeah. go and sell out our 1250 allocation. I think it is we give you roughly. Um, are we expecting similar this week? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they'll be there. And I think, you know, we'll be close to a sellout. And I think especially given, you know, it's funny, isn't it, what a bit of transfer news does for adding that extra 5%, 10% mm. of fans in. Because we sign, um, you know, the, the three players that we have, Callum Johnson, Alfie Kilgore and uh, Louis Reed from uh, from Swindon. And all of a sudden, losing George Lapsley and Ollie Hawkins is almost forgiven and forgotten. Mm. Not by me, because I'm bitter. <laughs> um, <laughs> and old now. Uh, but it, it's, it does sort of add that extra 5-10% excitement factor. Throw into the fire the whole Danny Johnson situation of what could happen this weekend. And um, it, it, it will add that little bit on there I think most people are maybe just buying a a ticket for Northampton away to A see if Johnson is going to be involved and B to see if we can replicate what we did in the playoff semi-final second leg not going to happen yeah we're not going to talk about that at all because O'Toole don't play that's right (laughs) but we will talk about Danny Johnson Um, he's been on loan for Walsall or to Walsall for for the Mm. season so far he's scored 12 goals for Walsall 
in that period of time. We spoke about him in, in the last show just before Christmas uh, when you were on. Um, you have recalled him from that loan spell and brought him back to Field Mill. Um, Walsall have been fairly open in saying that they were trying to get him to stay, uh, whether that was through buying him full full time permanently from yourselves or obviously trying to make sure that that loan spell didn't get terminated. Um, a lot of Mansfield fans, if you look on Twitter especially, are and have been going on about get him in the side, he's banging in goals, why have we let mm. the one striker that we actually own who is scoring goals do it for another club? You explained last time that Clough just doesn't fancy him, doesn't get on with him in a footballing perspective whatsoever, doesn't fit into his team or his shape. Yeah. Um, But you've recalled him. If he plays on Saturday, the only team that he can then go and play for again for the following rest of this season is going to be either yourselves or Walsall. Mm. Walsall have come out, I think, today and said that they've had, uh, you know, they've basically offered to buy and your valuation is too much and they won't match it. So it sounds to me like you are going to be stuck with him. And I don't mean that in a bad way because obviously, you know, if he starts scoring for you, then brilliant. Not going to happen. But you don't think it's going to happen? No. Um, And there's a number of reasons for it. The first, I think the, the first one is... Nigel Clough has openly said at the start of the season when we send him out, he's a great lad, but you know, we want to send him out because he doesn't fit into our, our plans here. He's not in our top three or four strikers of, of how they look at it. Whether that's right or wrong, read into it what you want, whatever, but that's what Nigel Clough has said. And you know, if you really, really delve deep into what Clough has said this week on Johnson's return, he has said exactly the same thing. And that's a concern. Because in an ideal world, we've sent him out, he's got these goals, he's got confidence, he's banging them in again, he's found the form which he had when we signed him, which was the reason we signed him. So why not give him a chance? It won't work because we don't play the the Warsaw way, we don't play a way which fits his style. And let me ask you this, no matter what field it is, if you were working at an organisation or you'd signed a contract at an organisation, a new job, so to speak, and after a year of it not quite working out, they come to you and say, Charles, we're going to send you out to another organisation. We don't need you here. We, you know, we're going to send you out to one of our partners. And then after six months, you get called back into head office and you've got very limited options. Would you want to go back and work in that environment where you know in your heart of hearts that you are not wanted? No, no. Not at all. And it's I mean, just, exactly. this is why it leads me to believe that Clough didn't really have anything to do with this recall and that this is a business decision made by the board, the ownership, mm. who are basically going, he's scoring goals for Walsall. Okay, they're probably paying at, at least a percentage, if not all of his wages so far this season. But we can make some money out of it by simply going... We'll bring him back. Walsall will want him, so they will come to us with an open checkbook. Hasn't quite worked by the look of it, unless it's a simple case of balance. You know, both teams are basically trying to get the best deal. So Walsall say, we're not going to meet your valuation. They say it in public. 
Mansfield are then like, oh, okay, well, we, we, we don't want him here. We want to sell him. We'll come down a little bit. I mean, the the big question is, is do you think he will play on Saturday? Because it probably is the only thing that will happen is that either they'll sell to, you, you will sell to Walsall or he will stay. And that will be the only essentially option. Because I, I know that there might be other teams looking at him, but he'll probably want to go back to Walsall because he's been doing well for them. Now, there's something else to add into this, which makes it even more complicated. One, he's out of contract in the summer, so clubs can already approach him with a pre-contract offer and take him for absolutely no money whatsoever. And if they're offering a good deal, you wouldn't blame him for holding out and sitting on that and and taking it. Another is that I believe his partner is pregnant and therefore uh, um, he moves to other clubs, aka somewhere like Gillingham and you know, which is a, a big move and a big upheaval is not the right thing to do from a personal perspective. So you have to understand that. And this is where this bit comes in. Danny Johnson will sign for Warsaw, but he will only sign until the end of the season, whether that be on loan or um, on a permanent contract. Warsaw want a permanent contract. Mansfield potentially want to sell, but the owners have put a valuation on his head for reasons which I don't think will ever become publicly clear but I I guess people will make assumptions on that they clearly rate him at at, at some level which is probably beyond the management it happens in football I think I was listening to David Moyes on um, the diary of a CEO the other day and he explained it brilliantly it's football owners have owners privilege and if they want to sign a player they will recommend or they will sign a player Put two and two together and make what you want. Anyway, Johnson, therefore, will only go to the end of um, the season. Would you pay good money for a player that you're only going to have for six months and then would potentially leave you on a, on a free? Not a cat in hell's chance would you do that. And Warsaw, quite rightly, from a business perspective, have gone, well, we've already brought in. I think they brought in Jamil Matt. They brought in a couple of others as well. We've already got ready-made replacements. So, to be honest... Have him. I don't. We're not, thanks for your service. See you later. I'm not going to pay for something that I could pick up for free in six months, or that's going to walk away, and we're not going to get return on our investment. It's an investment-based business, and these factors won't work themselves out before the end of January. And what Mansfield have done, and it pains me to slate the club in this way and 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 almost talk negatively in this way, but Mansfield have made, in my opinion poor business decisions on Danny Johnson because they had agreed a transfer fee with Warsaw in the summer transfer window, but they rug pulled it at the last minute and turned it into a six-month loan, which is why he returns on Sunday. They shouldn't have done that. They should have just cashed in and got what they wanted because now the likelihood is on a percentage-wise that there is probably only a 10-15% chance that they will get any money whatsoever in a deal which Danny Johnson is happy with, Mansfield Town are happy with, and the buying club are happy with. The chances of getting any money for him now are so slim, we've become a laughingstock. And from a business perspective, it makes no sense. As for whether he'll play or not on Saturday, no. He won't be involved in the squad on Saturday. If he is, it's because something has changed between now and then. But like you said, if we play, involve Danny Johnson, even by naming him on the bench, 
on Saturday, our options go from everybody being able to purchase him or loan him to one club. And that plays even better into the hands of Warsaw. And that, again, is a ridiculously poor business decision. So Nigel Clough will not put him in the squad on Saturday unless he is told otherwise. The end. Okay. Thanks for that, Craig. Um, <laughs> I think you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going it. any further into that, just in case. Um, right, predictions time. Um, it's always the, the fun bit uh, at the end of the preview show. Northampton Town versus Mansfield Town, Saturday, 3 p.m. kickoff at Sixfield Stadium. Uh, I'm going to go for a... Oh, I'm, it's going to be tight. It always is, as we know. I'm going to go for a 1-0 win for the Cobblers. Very, very tight. It will either be an early goal and we sit back <laughs> and bite our fingernails for 80 out minutes, uh, or it will be a, a you know last sort of 5-10 minute job. Um, but it will be 1-0, probably Sam Hoskins for his 17th of the season. <laughs> Who else is going to score at the moment? I don't know. Um, Craig, Mansfield, <laughs> what are your thoughts? Oh, well, again, now I've got to do a massive U-turn because I've spoke really, really negatively all throughout the show. But today is my birthday. Therefore, it's my birthday weekend game. Therefore, I am owed a Mansfield Town win. Um, it will be a 3-2 Mansfield win, smash and grab, 90th minute and... Do you know what? After all I've said in this podcast, it'll be Danny Johnson that pops up and scores, won't it? And everyone will be like, Craig, you are talking crap again. Um, <laughs> but yeah, tight game. We won't keep a clean sheet, but Mansfield will win because we have to because it's my birthday. So, we, you know, we, we've got to win on my birthday. It's, it's footballing law, right? It is. It is footballing law. The club must always win on your birthday. It is very, very true. Well, look, Craig, thank you so much for joining me. It's always a pleasure having you on. Um, just before you go, uh, remind us about your podcast. If you want to be miserably depressed and hear five guys run about crap, which really won't matter in six months' time, at MTFC Matters is the place uh, to be um, on Twitter and on Facebook. Can't be bothered with Instagram or TikTok or anything like that. We'll keep it simple. Insta- um, so Facebook, Twitter, we're on YouTube as well. Come and give us a, a follow and join the conversation. And I sincerely mean this. I sincerely hope that unless we meet in a cup next season that we don't have to do this. But I've got a funny feeling in here that come <laughs> come August we'll be, we'll be messaging each other going, looking forward to the podcast, mate. Yeah, yeah, it could well be. It could well be. Look, thanks a lot, Craig. Honestly, um, if you um, want to know what the opposition think, do go and check out Mansfield Matters. The podcast is very, very good, and uh, they'll they'll be honest, uh, which is, I think, all we all we can ever ask for as fans. Um, thank you very much for listening. We'll be back next week on Tuesday, where we'll be obviously looking back at the game, whatever the result may be. Uh, and uh, and then next week for the preview show we'll, we'll see if we can find a Barrow fan from somewhere thanks very much for listening we'll see you next time goodbye
Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.